Priority Talk Live. Greg Davis here with you. It is Wednesday, and we're glad to be along with you here for the next couple of hours. We've got, uh, my, we've got the uh, the show coming your way today, so we hope you'll uh, keep it right here until 6 p.m., or at least as long as you possibly can. I know that can get difficult uh, for a lot of you, especially on a Wednesday. A lot of you headed to uh, church tonight, and so uh, Wednesday night, supper, all that kind of stuff. So if you have to leave us, that's fine. We understand, but uh, keep it here as long as you can. And uh, whatever you may miss, go back and catch it on our podcast. You can find all of that at PriorityTalkRadio.com. Of course, we put up all the links every day, uh, specific links uh, for that day's programming at our uh, social media. So go there and check that out. With a lot of good information there, articles, all kinds of stuff there. Priority Talk on your social medias. And um, you type in Priority Talk, you'll find us. And then don't forget about our Greg Davis Conversations podcast as well. We've got some um, past conversations that we've had, some really good ones there, and uh, including our conversation back with Phil Robertson. You know him from Duck Dynasty. That was back in January. There's a few others there. And you'll get some, uh, some, some information there, some content that uh, you won't get here on the show as well. So we hope you'll check that out, Greg Davis Conversations. That's sort of like a bi-weekly uh, uh, post, and then uh, the daily post as well happens each and every uh, evening or first thing in the morning, and there you get to find uh, the day's program. All right, we're glad you're with us, and um, we've got a big show. We've got a man. We have got a big week. Let me just tell you. Let me, let me just take a couple of minutes here and sort of. Um, try to uh, surmise what all is coming your way because uh, honestly the next couple of days and really into next week has been um, building for a little while and it's all sort of coming together here at one time Uh, today in about 25 minutes uh, you'll hear my conversation with Dr. Ben Carson course uh, you remember him as the 2016 republican presidential candidate many of you knew him before that from uh, neuro, uh, from johns hopkins uh, neurosurgeon and uh, i mean then served with president trump um, secretary of the housing and urban development uh, he was with me yesterday we recorded the interview yesterday and we're uh, going to play it for you today uh, and it's about race uh, the issue of race in America, and that's coming up at the bottom of the hour. I saw him this morning on uh, one of the national news outlets uh, talking as well. He was talking about the Supreme Court and abortion and all of that. But I saw him today. I can't remember if it was Fox or One America, but one of those cable news networks, I saw him uh, there. So that's coming up at uh, at 4.30. So uh, just keep it right here uh, and listen in for Ben Carson coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, coming up next hour, we uh, are going to be joined by Greg Cook. Now, some of you are going, Greg Cook, I know that name. Well, you're probably seeing his television commercials and maybe radio commercials as well, ads. Uh, he is running for Alabama Supreme Court. And so uh, he uh, went to Harvard Law School and uh, – he is uh, quite uh, quite the lawyer and uh, is running for the Supreme Court of Alabama. So we will visit with him. And what timing, because this has been scheduled for a couple of weeks, what timing that he would be here to this week, today, in light of everything that's going on with the uh, United States Supreme Court. So we'll uh, you know be able to sort of talk around those issues. Of course, uh, running for Supreme Court is a little different than running for a uh, – 
uh, a political office, so to speak, although I guess it does range itself as political since you have to be elected. Um, but, you know, the Supreme Court, those justices, it's a little different. So we'll get to know him, uh, his philosophy, of course, um, uh, when you're running for those positions, uh, you know, you're there to interpret the law and not to uh, volley for your own personal positions on, on issues. But we'll have an opportunity to get to know Greg Cook, and uh, and I think he can give us a little insight as to uh, some of what is going on with the um, uh, United States Supreme Court, maybe some of what's uh, happened there. He, uh, he He's worked in, those, in that world and understands it, and I think uh, it'll be a great conversation. That'll be coming up next hour. Uh, now, tomorrow, uh, during this very time, I mean, like right now, only tomorrow, uh, Tim James will be with us. Of course, uh, he is a Republican candidate for governor. Lindy Blanchard was here last week. Tim James this week. We've got some others on the way. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know those exact dates and times as, uh, as they're nailed down. Um, but we are having those conversations. Tim James, though, will be here tomorrow during the 4 o'clock hour. And uh, let me look, this is your chance to call in, ask your questions, hear what you want to hear. Um, took several really good calls when Lindy Blanchard was here last week, and I thought it was great. I know a lot of you just like to listen. You like to sort of sit back and listen and take it in and get a feel for it. But look, this is your opportunity to call in and talk to the candidate for yourself. And I don't know a better place or a better forum for you to do it than right here. So I hope you'll take advantage of it. If you've got an issue you want to ask about, Tim will be here tomorrow, and he'll take your question just as Lindy Blanchard did last week. And I know the first question up last week was gambling, right off the bat. Hadn't been in the room five minutes, and we were talking gambling. And, and that was fine, because if one of you didn't ask it, I, I would have. But it's better for you guys to ask it, uh, and it comes from the people, uh, not from some guy sitting here in the studio. So Tim James, Thursday, 4 p.m., Thursday, during the second hour, we'll be uh, talking life. We're going to visit with Brandy Swindell. She is going to be in Alabama for a couple of events that she's speaking out. Uh, she is a, a pro-life leader. She's founder and CEO of Stanton Healthcare. Uh, she is from Idaho, and she will be here in Alabama for the next couple of days. And we're looking forward to having her with us tomorrow uh, to talk about uh, the healthcare side of, uh, of the pro-life issue. And so we're looking forward to having her with us, and then I will be with her and, and several others Friday morning at, uh, at an event that, uh, that I'll be uh, being sharing at as well. So we're looking forward uh, to being part of that. So, I mean, just two big days coming up here for you. Um, and then, um, you know, we'll, if you miss some of that, we'll post it. It'll go to the podcast, like I said. You'll have your opportunity to go back and listen to it again. Uh, and then, let me just tell you, Friday, Jason, Friday – We've now added in Vince Everett Ellison is going to be back on the program with us. Is coming Friday? Friday. It's Vince Day. Vince will be back with us. If you have not been hearing uh, Vince Everett Ellison on this program, then you're missing out. I saw him again the other night. He was on, uh, he was on uh, Hannity the other night. Um, I've seen him several times. Of course, uh, we had him pretty early on in this um, last uh round of media for his book and he has been all over the place uh, here lately i know he's been on with laura ingram i've seen him on others i can't call all the names but i've seen him on some different different stations and uh look he is going to be uh talking about abortion and he brings a perspective that not many people are sharing 
and uh, I could not be more excited to have him back on the program. And, uh, and, and I just think the timing of it is, uh, is, is very great that he would come on and talk about abortion. I think we hit abortion one time before when he was with us, uh, but uh, we didn't focus on it. You know, it was sort of, um, we, it, we blew through a bunch of topics, and I think that was one. And, of course, his latest book, the one that's just blowing it up, is with Simon & Schuster, and it is 25 Lies, and it's exposing uh, Democrats' most dangerous, seductive, dis- uh, and uh, destructive lies and how to refute them. And so he absolutely just um, uh, really goes scorched earth on the Democrat Party on some of these issues using historical fact, current events, and biblical principles, and uh, he is a fearless truth teller. And I, I, I'm just glad the guy's okay because the stuff he's got in that book. <laughs> I told him, I said, "You're a mighty brave man to put your name in your face on the front of that book," because he absolutely uh, goes again. I don't know how else to say it, but scorched earth uh, on Democrats when it comes to some of these uh, 25 issues that he picks out now. Uh, Of course, the meltdown just absolutely continues for the Democrats, for the left, for the the pro-deathers. I told you that if Roe v. Wade was overturned, that they were going to lose their everlasting mind. They're going to lose it all, that that it could be the uh, it could be the martial law type situation that we've never seen in this country quite before. And let me play some audio here for you, Jason. I'm going to hit some audio here real quick. Um, it, let me give you an example. Um, this is uh, Elizabeth Warren out in front of the uh, Supreme Court uh, building in D.C. with all the uh, the protesters. We'll say that as a nice word. Uh, and, man, I mean, this is just an example of uh, what's going on out there. Listen. I mean, her voice scratched on her. She's so fired up about it. Let me give you a little longer segment of some of another when she actually that was just her ranting in front of uh, some some protesters. Here she is uh, actually speaking to a reporter. Listen to this. The United States Congress can keep Roe versus Wade the law of the land. They just need to do it. I, I've never seen you so angry. You seem to be. This is what the Republicans have been working toward this day for decades. They have been out there plotting, carefully cultivating these Supreme Court justices so they could have a majority on the bench who would accomplish something that the majority of Americans do not want. 69% of people across this country, across this country, red states and blue states, old people and young people, want Roe versus Wade to maintain as the law of the land. The we need to we're, do no, that. And we have a right. Extremists, we've heard enough from the extremists. And we're tired of it. Thank you. She got confronted there. Uh, some, There were obviously some, some pro-life uh, advocates there as well and they said we're not going to stand for you to dismember children in the womb you heard them but i mean if you could see the look in her eyes i mean it is rabid uh they they are they are in total meltdown uh over what could be a a change in the rules 
for 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 the the child sacrifice that they have uh, been carrying out now for the last 50 years in this country and uh, right up to the point of birth and some of them past birth they even are for um, you know for for taxpayer funded abortions I mean that's where these people are on demand for any reason and the government which is the taxpayer funding it and paying the bill I mean they have lost their minds uh, it's going to get worse before it gets better especially if this ruling were to drop uh, right now they're sort of in this in between where they're still hoping maybe uh, public pressure uh, that they that, or they've got they can pass a that they can do something to avoid this uh, had the had the ruling just dropped cold turkey one day you know that's where those supreme court rulings are you sort of know they're coming you got an idea sometime in the next few weeks and then boom and it is sobering when they hit I remember the Obergefell that made gay marriage legal. It, it's it's sobering when it hits. I remember where I was. I remember. And if that would have hit this way, um, there's no telling what they would have done. But right now, they still feel like they've got an opportunity. So they're still sort of playing the game. But when this becomes final, if it does, they're going to they're gonna go crazy. This is their religion. Uh, it is their um, their litmus test. It is, it is what they are about. It is de- it is demonic child sacrifice, and you could see it in her eyes. You know the thing that I, I found out after that that happened, where they captured that on video with Elizabeth Warren. I found out she was so upset. She had to call her Indian shaman to calm her down. He <laughs> he actually did a little 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 uh, ceremony where he conjured up the uh, the ghost of James Brown, who then brought a cape and put over her to, to kind of calm her down. Yeah. So. Well, she is the uh, one Trump called what uh, Pocahontas, I guess, wasn't it? Oh yes. So uh, I mean, you know, you had Whoopi Goldberg. She went crazy. This is my body. Well, it is your body, except for the other body you have inside of you. Thank you. I was about to say that. That baby <laughs> I ain't mean, your body. They just sort of uh, forget about that. And uh, I mean, the hypocrisy of it is so crazy. Um, look, Biden, he takes it as far as, um, let's play this. Listen to his comment. I mean, utter, utter, utter lie. I'll explain to you, but listen to what he has what to say What happens if you have a uh, state changes the law saying that that, that children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children. Is that, is that legit under the way that the decision is written? What are the next things that are going to be attacked? Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history, in recent American history. Yeah, well, that is, he said that yesterday. He says it again today. Absolute baloney. In the rule, in the opinion, okay, the draft of the opinion, it explicitly states, it's either page 63 or 68, it explicitly states this applies to no other constitutional issues. None. Exactly. exactly. It says it in there. Yep. But they, they know that. five pages. His people know that. But they're using this as some kind of issue to try to gin up 
the this, uh, the crowd. This is what I always think is funny, and, and, and I can get in arguments with, with people online about this, too. Same thing, but you ever notice that when they know they don't have an argument they can win, they then swing the conversation in another direction that has no bearing whatsoever? Look, all they got to do is read it, and they will see. that It, it explicitly they says <laughs> they don't want it has nothing to do. He put that in there, but they don't care. They, they don't care. It's an absolute lie, and he keeps saying it, but people believe it. All right, we got to take a break. Your thoughts, 205-941-1011. We can get a phone call or two in, and then Dr. Ben Carson at the bottom of the hour. Fox Mortgage, NMLS, 184762. Jim Corey, NMLS, 212-055. I just wanted to talk about my experience with Fox Mortgage. Cordarius Witherspoon is another very happy Fox Mortgage customer. They were able to get us refinanced. We saved about 1.8% on our interest rate, and that saved us thousands of dollars on our monthly mortgage payment. We were able to also do a cash payout on our mortgage with that refinance, and we were able to pay off a lot of debt, so it was great for us. If you're looking to refinance your mortgage, I would highly recommend Fox Mortgage. The people over there at Fox Mortgage, Jody, Dawson, Melody, all of them were persistent in getting the rate that I needed, and they were really helpful. Hi, I'm Jim Corey, president of Fox Mortgage. I'm ready to help you with your mortgage needs. Call now, 661-6868. Fox Mortgage, where we're quick as a fox. Fox Mortgage President Jim Corey and his team, let them go to work for you. Jody, Dawson, Melody, look, they're great partners, and they will help you find the right program at the lowest rate with the lowest closing costs. They're ready to go to work for you today for that dream home, maybe your first home, refinancing, possibly a cash out to pay for some bills or some other things you've got in front of you. Let his team go to work for you today at 205-661-6868. It's Fox Mortgage and Jim Corey, where they're quick as a fox, 205-661-6868. Hi, this is Erwin Lutzer. I'm the author of the book, We Will Not Be Silenced, and you are listening to Priority Talk. Okay, we are back, and it's uh, 26 minutes after, and uh, we're thrilled to have you with us today. And, uh, yes, we will uh, have the visit with Dr. Ben Carson coming up here in just about, what, seven minutes or so. So hang with us through the bottom of the hour break, and when we come back, about a 15-minute visit with Dr. Ben Carson as we uh, talk about race in America. It's the topic of his new book that's out, and he, uh, he had some very compelling things to say in the way that Dr. Ben Carson would say them. And I was thrilled to speak with him. I, uh, I, did, I voted for Dr. Carson in 2016 in the Alabama presidential primary. I, that's who I voted for and uh, was proud to do so. And I think he uh, would have been and probably still could be a great president. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm a, a great admirer. So when I had the opportunity to have Dr. Carson on the program, we had him back during the presidential election. Uh, in 2000, I can't remember if it was 15 or 16, but we had him sometime through there. Uh, and uh, but I was uh, thrilled to to have him back on, and I want you to hear what all he had to say because uh, he uh, he's always uh, very compelling. Uh, hey, it is uh, springtime, and man, today was the first day. It really sort of felt like summer to me outside, quite honestly. Uh, 86, 87, 88 degrees, something like that. It felt like summer out there. It's just around the corner. 
And it's time to make those uh, late spring, summertime appointments for your dentist, uh, for the family. And you can do it at today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice, located there in downtown Coleman. You'll see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Keith Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, and, of course, the certified team of dental technicians, friendly staff serving both children and adults, and they've got a, a wide range of dental services, general, restorative, and cosmetic. And so we hope you'll uh, call and make that appointment at 256-739-3337. Get them made now while the kids are out of school. Take uh, the family and uh, go and uh, get those uh, you know, regular teeth cleanings and uh, take care of any of those issues that may be there. Today's family dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield, all kids, and most commercial insurances. They see patients on Friday as well and have more than one dentist available every day. So uh, that's important because I know you've, uh, you, you, you've got places to go and people to see like I do. And so those appointment times mean something. And I'm always uh, thrilled how quickly I can get in and out there. My appointment time means something. And that's important. If you have an unexpected emergency, they can uh, uh, handle those things. They do that between 8 a.m. and noon. So call them at 256-739-3337, right in downtown Coleman, Alabama. Downtown Coleman, 256-739-3337, today's family dentistry. Tell them Priority Talk recommended them very highly. They'll appreciate that. All right, we'll be right back. Our visit with Dr. Ben Carson on the other side. OnePoint USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. OnePoint USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, OnePoint USA has got you covered. Call OnePoint USA today at 205-701-0191. That's 205-701-0191 or visit OnePointUSA.com. That's the number OnePointUSA.com. OnePointUSA. Be secure. And now back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... Live, Greg Davis here with you. Hope everybody's doing well today, and uh, we are super excited to welcome to the program Dr. Ben Carson, and uh, he has got a, a brand new book out that is uh, a very important topic in the days in which we live. It's uh, the name of the book is Created Equal. It's the painful past, confusing present, and hopeful future of race in America. Uh, Dr. Carson, it's great to have you with us. You have a, a lot of uh, fans, admirers, and uh, p- people look at you as uh, in a very positive light here in our state, and uh, we're glad to have you with us here on Priority Talk. Well, thank you. I appreciate being here. Well, tell us about the book uh, and, and the topic. Um, you're, you're taking on this issue of race, um, and, and I know um, it's, it's, a, it's an important topic for us as a nation. Why did you feel compelled to take it on at this time? Because uh, it's being used in a very negative way. Uh, Race is being used as a point of division in our country, and it shouldn't be. 
Um, have we had racial problems in the past? Absolutely, no question about it. Have we made tremendous progress just in my lifetime? Absolutely, mm-hmm. we have. I mean, when I was a kid growing up and a black person came on television and they were not in a servile role, it was a big deal. Everybody came into the living room to watch. I mean, this was, this was very exciting. Now, within my same lifetime, you have black generals and admirals and heads of major foundations and CEOs of Fortune 500 com- companies. We've had a black president elected twice. We have a black vice president. The list goes on and on and on. All that within a single lifetime. So uh, we haven't reached nirvana. There's no question about that. But we have made enormous amounts of progress. And what we really should be thinking about is how do we build on our successes, not how do we just concentrate on our failures. Uh, have we had some things that have happened in the past that have not been very savory? Uh, the answer to that is yes. But we did have slavery. There's no question about mm-hmm. that. And that was a horrible institution. Um, but we're not the only nation to have slavery. Virtually everybody's had experience with it. And here's what's pretty shocking. There are more slaves in the world today than there have ever been. You look at the human trafficking, and the biggest consumer of it, the United States of America. And uh, we have hundreds of thousands of people who are just being brutalized right now, children. Why aren't we concentrating on that? We don't have to go back 200 years and look at injustice. There's tremendous injustice being done right now. Why aren't we concentrating on it? Why aren't we doing everything we can to prevent the, the magnification of that problem, which is happening because of what's going on at our border. I don't quite get that. So, you know, this book focuses attention on, on those kinds of things and also makes suggestions about kind of things that we can do. It analyzes uh, CRT or whatever they want to call it each week and uh, the 1619 Project and the fallacies of saying that our nation started at that time. Uh, our nation was still a colony of uh, Great Britain at that time and didn't become an independent nation until it declared itself an independent nation in 1776. So, you know, there's a, a lot of errors that are being put forth by people who are trying to fundamentally change us and to change our history. And your history is so important because your history gives you your identity and your identities are the basis for your beliefs. And if you don't have those things, you become like a reed in the wind, easily twisting with every breeze that blows. That's not who we are as Americans. Mm. How um, much different um, is your view on these on these issues uh, then, then maybe it would have been prior to your 2016 presidential, uh, you know, run. Uh, from, of course, everybody knows your story of uh, pediatric neurosurgery at John Johns Hopkins, um, and then um, people knew of you. But certainly, when you ran for president, you became much more prominent. But what we learned of you. But what did you learn of America 
during that process and then uh, after serving as the uh, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. Uh, is this book any different now than it would have been before? Uh, yeah, it is because because as a nation we're even different now than we were before. There's been so much concentration on driving wedges into our society to divide our people on the basis of race, gender, income, age, religion, you name it, driving wedges. Uh, because there's a faction in our society that has grown much stronger since then that wants to fundamentally change who we are as a nation. They don't like the system that we have, and they want a different system, a system that is government-centric as one that is Mm people-centric, which is the way our country was designed. And it was an experiment. There's no question about that. No one in Europe believed that it was possible to have a country that was up for and by the people, that was run on the will of the people. You had to have a monarch. You had to have some kind of controlling interest because people simply cannot govern themselves. And uh, we have been able to do it for 250 years. We probably are facing the severest challenge that we've ever had right now. But in order to be able to, to conquer it, it's very important that people know what we're dealing with. Dr. Ben Carson uh, is our guest right now for the next few moments. We're talking about uh, his a new book, Created Equal. We want to encourage you to, uh, to give it a read, The Painful Past, Confusing Present, and Hopeful Future of Race in America. Dr. Carson, we are, uh, our program here is, is really explicitly, uh, we, we come at uh, all of these issues from a, a, a Christian or a biblical worldview uh, and in the in the book, in chapter nine, you talk about uh, Judeo-Christian values and racism. Uh, give give our listeners a little idea of what you address in that particular chapter. Well, there have been a number of, of allegations that uh, the Christian view and the biblical view is okay with slavery. Yeah, and uh, I go through and analyze what the Bible actually says in context and show that uh, the Bible in no way uh, condones slavery. And, you know, there are a lot of instances where it is severely condemned, like the slavery of the Israelites in Egypt uh, for 400 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the Bible does make it clear that we should be kind to each other. Servants should be kind to their masters. Masters should be kind to their servants. And that doesn't mean that it okays slavery. And we go into quite some detail about why that is or is not the case. And also how Jesus talked about the different races. You know, who is your neighbor? And he talked about the Good Samaritan. You know, the Samaritans and the Jews were bitter enemies. But, you know, the Jewish people passed up the man who was beaten and lying there on the street. It was the Samaritan who actually stopped and helped him and put him on his donkey and took him to the inn and paid for him. Right. Uh, and he said, that's your neighbor, and that's the way we should be toward others. But now they don't have to look like us or, or be in the same family. They have to be people. And, that was, and that's the message that is given. Love your neighbor, not cancel your neighbor, if they disagree with you, that's pure evil. 
Well, we certainly, uh, I, I agree with you. Um, you mentioned it earlier, the uh, critical race theory, or like you said, whatever they want to call it, uh, and 1619 project. But, um, uh, you know, there's there's a, a movement to, to ban teaching of these kind of theories, in particular CRT, in, in our schools. Uh, our state dealt with that this year in our legislative session. Uh, we ended up not uh, not passing a law on it. It's a very sensitive subject here in Alabama, as you can imagine. It is everywhere, sure. particularly here. We're in Birmingham is where we're, we're you know, uh, coming to you from. Um, I wonder, can we ever really um, not have this taught in some schools, some places? Because, it'll, like you said, it'll just be called something else, or it's not. maybe it's not part of the curriculum, but it is, has it has has it become so ingrained into uh, the minds and the worldview of some that it's just going to be passed along? And is it even possible to ban the teaching of quote unquote CRT? What, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Well, I think we have to be uh, aggressive in showing the alternatives. Yeah. And teaching the the right history. Uh, no, we're never going to be able to to completely ban. Uh, illogical and untrue things, but we can't oppose them by teaching the truth. And, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child the way he should go when he's old, he'll not depart from it. We have to be in there early on teaching the right things. That's a a part of what uh, American Cornerstone does. We have a program called Little Patriots. Uh, learning, littlepatriotslearning.com. It's a free program uh, that people can sign on to, and it teaches the children the basics of America, American history, warts and all. We don't try to hide anything, but we put it in context. When you put it in context, you come away with great pride for our family. You know, there are those uh, who want to make you think that America is uniquely evil. Uh, because we had slavery. Everybody had slavery. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we're, the only thing that's unique about us is that we were willing to fight a civil war, a bloody civil war, and lose a large portion of our population to get rid of To it. end it, right. And, and th- that's what we need to be talking about. So we have a choice of what we want to talk about and how we want to portray our nation. And, and those of us who love this nation, love what it represents, have to aggressively get out there and fight that battle. We can't just sit back and complain. Yeah. The the two sides of the argument here were um, basically that white people were afraid their kids were going to be taught that, that they were inherently uh, racist or that they were, you know, inherently privileged and these kind of concepts. And then the African-Americans uh, were uh, concerned that the true history wouldn't be taught. In fact, uh, one of the sisters of uh, one of the young ladies that was killed at 16th Street Church, uh, she spoke to our legislators, and she was afraid that if if the bill they were proposing would pass, that no one would learn about the death of her sister and the inherent racism that went behind it. And uh, we sort of surmised that there was fear on both sides, uh, that, that one side was fearful of what their kids would be taught, and the other side was fearful that, that their past and their um, the history of their family and their people would not be taught, that it all came down to fear. Is, is that an idea that you've picked up other places that it really it's, it, we're, all, we're all walking in fear? 
Uh, there's no question that uh, fear and intimidation are being used by those who want to fundamentally change our nation. But uh, the point that we make in the book, and we go through a lot of the history, uh, the racial history from the very earliest times in the 1500s uh, until the present time, and how we should look at it in context. And that's that's the important thing. I absolutely think we should look at, you know, what happened in Birmingham yes. with the church bombing. Yes. Absolutely the Emmett Till story. All of those are important, but they're important so that you learn from the past and you move to a better place. They're not, they shouldn't be used as a cudgel to punish people. And, uh, you know, I have a friend whose granddaughter came home crying and said, Grandpa, am I evil because I'm white? You know, why would you teach a child something Mm. like that? And then why would you teach minority kids that they can't possibly achieve at the highest level because the system is stacked against them? What good does that do? I, I would like for somebody who's advocating these programs to tell me what good that does. It does no good whatsoever. But what does happen that's good is to look at the stories look at the incidents that have happened and say, how do we make sure that we don't have anything like that ever happening again? What can we learn from that to improve our society? Well, just outstanding. Uh, The new book by Dr. Ben Carson. Of course, he's a a recipient of the Presidential Medal of Freedom. You know him, uh, his uh, incredible story, and uh, becoming the director of pediatric neurosurgery at Johns Hopkins, 2016 presidential candidate and then also uh, serving as the uh, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development uh, during the uh, Trump presidency. And uh, it's just a real thrill to have you with us, Dr. Carson. We do encourage people to uh, pick up the book. It's going to be available everywhere. We'll share the Amazon link on our social medias uh, for our listeners to be able to easily find it. But it'll be available everywhere. The name of the book, uh, Created Equal, The Painful Past, Confusing Present, and Hopeful Future of Race. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well-equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing. 205-369-9630. How's it going? This is Ben Davies from the movie Courageous. You're listening to Priority Talk with Greg Davis, Birmingham's only daily Christian radio talk show. Hope that you uh, enjoyed that, and I hope it was um, 
informative and inspiring for you as well to hear from Dr. Ben Carson. Uh, what, a, what a kind man and, uh, and, and so intelligent, my goodness. I've been reading on the book, um, and uh, it, it is just absolutely uh, enlightening for sure. He, uh, he, he goes into a lot. <laughs> um, he, uh, he talks about the forces of division. You know, you heard him talking so much about race being a divider. Uh, the forces of division are master manipulators, he says. One of their genius members was Saul Alinsky. And he goes into the Saul Alinsky and just absolutely uh, gives the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs concerning uh, that man, who, of course, uh, wrote the book Rules for Radicals, which uh, basically the left has been using ever since. Uh, he was, I guess, what you call the first community organizer, a friend of Al Capone. <laughs> um but uh, he exposes that very clearly. I thought that was really good. But this inspired me. Uh, he says, if we're going to move the ball down the field with respect to racial relationships in America, we must abandon that idea that all white people are oppressors. This is one of the most ridiculous charges ever leveled against any group in our nation. The vast majority of white people never owned slaves, never had the power or desire to re-engineer our society in a way to establish and preserve white power. Uh, were there some who did have that desire and power? The answer is yes. There absolutely were such individuals. But it's patently unfair to accuse millions of people of something carried out by a relatively few of their members. White people in America must understand that they are being manipulated into a position of guilt that makes it much easier to steer them in the direction of ideological political moves like defunding the police, releasing convicted criminals prematurely, and neglecting border security, to name a few. I must keep returning to the theme that people are people. There are good white people and bad white people. There are good black people and bad black people. There are good Asian people and bad Asian people. I think you get the point. We cannot persist with the escalation of identity politics if we're to have peace in a multicultural and multi-ethnic nation. Stoking the fires of division based on racial identity is a no-brainer for the forces that wish to divide and conquer. We cannot let them prevail. That was a, a paragraph from the final chapter of, uh, of Dr. Ben Carson's newest book, Created Equal. And uh, it is compelling. It is out there. And uh, he's doing a lot of media right now, so you'll probably see him uh, even tonight or over the weekend, uh, later this week, through the weekend, doing lots of media. Yeah, it's a book tour, I would think. It is. I think it started, uh, I think it started Tuesday. started yesterday. Usually that's the way those things go. The, the book drops on a Tuesday, and that's when they sort of start their 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 media push and so we were thrilled to have him uh, on i think it was the day the book released quite honestly um but uh, we had to record it a little earlier in the day before showtime before the live show and we were uh, not able to fit it in yesterday so we uh, had it fit much better for you today uh, our number 205-941-1011 now uh, greg cook is going to be in studio with me in just a few moments after the top of the hour and uh, he is a name that will be on the ballot statewide. So wherever you are, uh, his name is going to be on your ballot for the Alabama Supreme Court. And uh, we're going to visit with him, get to know him. I do not know him. We've emailed a little bit, and that's it. Uh, he, j he walked in the door a few moments ago, and uh, I shook his hand. He said, hey, Greg. I said, hey, Greg. <laughs> so that that's our, uh, our oh, relationship. He was a dude that threw you a box of donuts. I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. So that's our relationship. Uh, I, I don't want you to think that. He uh, should have brought donuts. He's some, I'm kidding. He or other, some of these other camps are not people that I know and that I'm uh, you know endorsing or, or pushing on you. I'm simply trying to get the word out to you of who they are. 
and I, I have done some looking into uh, to Mr. Cook and tried to get a better understanding for who he is, and I like everything I see. Uh, he'll tell you about it, but uh, he went to uh, Duke and Harvard, uh, was in the United States Air Force, and has been an attorney here in, uh, in Alabama for the majority of his career, if not all of it, uh, 30-something years. He has been the uh, general counsel for the Alabama State Republican Party for the last uh, several years. He's a, a member of Dawson Memorial Baptist Church uh, in Birmingham area and uh, teaches Sunday school and all those kind of things involved with the Boy Scouts. So uh, sounds like a, a great guy, and I'm looking forward to visiting with him here in just a few moments. If you've got questions for him uh, about law or about himself or uh, you know how uh, we interpret law and all those kind of things, then uh, a great opportunity here to, uh, to ask him and uh, keep the number handy, 205-941-1011 is that number. Hey, before we get to the top of the hour, let me remind you about our good friends at One Point USA, of course, a commercial security company. Uh, they'll take care of churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. So uh, if it's uh, your property, your church property, your business property, your employees, your volunteers, your children, protect them. Let One Point USA's experienced staff, who understand the security needs, because this is what they do, they can help you before you have a problem. You don't have to come to them after you've had a problem. Get to them before you have a problem. Uh, video surveillance, card access control, it can be that simple to all the way up to uh, much, much more than that. From uh, one site to multi-site, they do it all. Some of the smallest churches and businesses to some of the largest in the state. They handle the security systems. They've got it covered. Call One Point USA today. Uh, let them come out and uh, assess your property, your needs, your issues. Look, if you're a church and you don't have uh, cameras and some card access, for your children's department, you are uh, not being very wise. You need to make that action. If you hear this, you need to be talking to your church. You need to be talking to leadership. If you are leadership, you need to be calling 205-701-0191. They'll work with you. They'll give you a, a budget that you can work into over a period of time to get to where you really want to be. But th there may be some critical things that they can take care of right off the top to uh, to make your uh, your volunteers, your children, and your property much much more safe and secure. Okay, that's uh, one the number one point USA dot com one point USA dot com two zero five seven zero one zero one nine one one point USA today wants you to be secure. Uh, okay, Greg Cook will be in with us in just a moment. Uh, for those of you just jumping in here with us, uh, the Dr. Ben Carson interview just aired during this hour. It will be a part of our Priority Talk daily podcast, and also it'll be at Greg Davis Conversations podcast. That'll make it the most accessible for you, just Greg Davis Conversations. You'll find that and some other good ones as well. Uh, tomorrow during the 4 o'clock hour, uh, candidate for governor. I always say it that way because I hate saying gubernatorial. Just something about the goober I don't like. Makes me think of George Lindsay. <laughs> candidate for governor, Republican candidate for governor, Tim James will be with us uh, tomorrow during the 4 p.m. hour. So he'll be wrapping up with us at this time tomorrow. Uh, I suspect this will be uh, his uh, final stop with us before the May 24th primary. And it's time to be making up your mind, folks, on who we're going to vote for. You need to hear what the candidates have to say, and it'll be your chance to call in and visit with them as well. You can do that tomorrow. You can do it today. Greg Cook running for Alabama Supreme Court. He'll be with us here in just a couple of moments in studio. Stay tuned in the number 205-941-1011. Greg Davis here with you on the Wednesday afternoon drive. 
Stay with us as long as you possibly can. Welcome back in. It's hour number two. It is Priority Talk Live here on your Wednesday afternoon. We're glad to have you with us here at 101.1 FM, WXJCRadio.com, PriorityTalkRadio.com. And uh, we're thankful that you've chosen to join us. We're also on our uh, Facebook.com slash Priority Talk. Priority Talk on Facebook. You can go there and get a live look into the studio. As we uh, visit with our guests here for this hour, uh, Mr. Greg Cook, running for the Alabama Supreme Court. And uh, he's here in studio with us, and you can watch or you can listen. Take your choice either way. But, Greg, it's great to have you with us. It's an honor to be here, Greg. We've got Thank the you Greg for and the Greg going on right. here, so yeah. we'll try not to get too confusing. Uh, pe- people always ask me, is that Greg with one G or two? I'm sure you get that question as well. Yeah, we just got one G. Okay, I got. I say two, one on the beginning, one on the end. That's right. That's my line. Yep. <laughs> so good to have you with us. Now, you you proclaim yourself right up front as boring and predictable. I do. Tell us about boring and predictable. Well, you can ask my wife. Uh, there's no <laughs> doubt that that's what I am. I, I, I have lots of habits. I, I wear the same shirt all the time. You know, I, I'm a boring, predictable guy. So um, written a 2,000-page book on court rules in Alabama. Oh. It sells lots of copies, <laughs> lots of judges, lots of lawyers. Uh, but a book about rules, you can imagine, it's not an exciting book. Didn't have too many book signings for that one, probably. No. no I mean, I, I'll tell you, I'm a nerd. And, and I love being, I love the law. I love researching the law. I love, you know, working the law. I love writing about the law. Uh, you know, other people have habits. Um, my habit's the law. Mm. Well, we'll get into some of the, maybe the issues and, and things like that. But let's let's learn about you a little bit first. Uh, just tell folks uh, who you are, where you come from, and uh, how we're sitting here today. That's a lot, and I'll, I'll interject. But get us started. So good. We, we live here in Birmingham. My wife and I have been in Birmingham since 1991. Uh, we go to Dawson Baptist. We've been at Dawson since 1991 as well. All three of my children uh, were dedicated to Dawson. All three received their first grade Bibles at Dawson. All three were baptized at Dawson. Uh, mm-hmm. My wife is a city councilor in Vestavia. Her name is uh, Kimberly. Uh, we are both lifelong Republicans. Um, I have been a volunteer for the Republican Party my entire professional career. Uh, very proud of that. I've uh, been the lawyer for the Republican Party, the general counsel for the party. Um, I have gone all over this state dealing with election issues for the party. I've been the hotline on election day when you saw something wrong in your polling place and you called the party. You got me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've tried election cases in Alabama. Um, I have uh, done recounts because the party conducts the recount in the primary. I went to Florida for the Bush-Gore hanging chat. Wow. Uh, I was a delegate for Donald Trump last time. Uh, there were only six of us from Alabama. They got to go to the convention. And because I had been elected by the delegation of the of the delegates uh, to the credentials committee, I got to go to Charlotte to the convention. Uh, so uh, I've been a Republican for a very, very long time. And all that work is volunteer work, Greg. Mm-hmm. And practicing law and, uh, and for the Republican Party. But before that, what type of law? 
did you focus on? Yeah, so I've done uh, most of the lit- litigation, you know, okay. tr- you know, trying cases, dealing okay. with uh, lawsuits. Uh, I've handled small cases like car crash cases, workers' compensation, insurance disputes, uh, real estate matters, and I've handled really big cases, uh, international bank fraud cases. I've litigated against Enron. I've litigated cases dealing with the claims of a billion dollars. So I've got quite a wide spectrum. Um, I've handled cases in forty of our sixty-seven counties here in Alabama and uh, fifteen different states. Uh, so very proud of the opportunity I've had to try jury trials and bench trials and arbitrations and and do a lot of appeals because uh, this this seat is actually on the Alabama Supreme Court and that's what they do. They do uh, deal with appeals on the Alabama Supreme Court. So they don't have witnesses. They don't hear the testimony. They they deal with briefs. Uh, they do lots of reading. They do lots of writing. Um, nerdy kind of stuff. Nerdy kind of boring things. and predictable. Boring and predictable <laughs> kind of things. And and so I, so they I've handled forty one uh, written opin, uh, uh, appeals that have my name on them. And the Alabama Supreme Court's appointed me to their committee that makes the rules for the courts. So um, I have been dealing with a lot of appeals. I've, I've done a lot of so litigation. You're already, so you're already very familiar even with the Alabama Supreme Court. I am. I, yeah. I know those justices. Uh, got a justice here from Homewood. Uh, justice uh, Jay Mitchell lives here in Homewood. Okay. And I, I, I mentioned to you earlier, I was with Chief Justice Tom Parker last week, and I, I told him you were coming in with us, and I could tell uh, you, you two knew each other. Yep. Uh, he was pretty measured in what he said, of course, uh, being an election cycle, but, right. uh, but, but he certainly... Uh, uh, spoke very fondly. Now, educated at Duke and Harvard. That's right. Doesn't get much uh, higher tier than that. Um, tell well, us I, about my, those days. Uh, my parents could not have afforded that had I not right. uh, had the opportunity through the Air Force to earn my way through college and law school. So I got my first job in uh, in Florence. My family is from Florence, Alabama, and got my first job at Wendy's Hamburgers there. And <laughs> I did not like the grease buckets, emptying yeah. the grease bucket. Just not a fun job, Greg. Decided, I'm going to uh, do something else. And I said, I need, need to go to college, and my parents couldn't afford that. So the Air Force uh, paid my way through Duke. It was a fantastic opportunity, very grateful yeah. for that. And then I served in the Air Force for four years. Uh, my dad was Air Force. He, he had spent 10 years in the Air Force. And then um, uh, my younger brother went to the academy and served 20 years in the Air Force. He's, he's flying now for Delta. He's a pilot. And uh, so after my four years, of service in the Air Force, and I went went to Harvard and used my GI benefits to help pay my way through Harvard, and uh, graduated in '91 with Neil Gorsuch. Uh, Justice Gorsuch mm-hmm. and I both worked on the same law journal. If you know what the Federalist Society is, uh, it's a group of conservative part of it. lawyers and judges, and uh, they they host debates. They okay. promote law journals, kind of nerdy kind of things. <laughs> uh, and so they had a law journal at Harvard that goes to the whole country for everybody that's a member of the Federalist Society. It's called the Journal of Law and Public Policy. And so Justice Gorsuch and I both worked on that together. Um, I, my name was actually higher on the letterhead than his, so I oh. guess you can say I was his boss. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, that maybe that's unfair, but uh, um, very. Did it very, surprise you to see him wind up where he is? No, it didn't. I mean, he was somebody that was a conservative in law school. I know it's crazy to think that there are conservatives at Harvard Law School, but there are Justice Gorsuch as an example. So there I'm are example. or there were? You think there still are? There still are. I okay. mean, <laughs> well, I mean, there are people that yeah. came after me. Sure. So Governor DeSantis sure. uh, is a Harvard Law grad. And Ted Cruz was, two, yeah. I think, two years behind me. He's a Harvard Law grad. Tom Cotton, Senator Cotton, a wonderful conservative. I believe he was 10 years behind me at Harvard. Uh, so there are conservatives at Harvard 
Harvard Law School. It's a big enough school. There are about 600 in every class. So, mm. you know, they can afford to let a few conservatives in. Yeah, get, get a few in. Uh, if you've got a question for uh, Greg Cook, it's 205-941-1011. Uh, man, I, you've got so much more knowledge than I probably even know how to access, quite honestly, with questions. So I'm just telling you that up front. So some of you out there listening, if you've got a question, go for it. I was telling Greg, this is the first time I've interviewed anybody that was running for uh, uh, Supreme Court. So which is interesting because we think uh, when you think of Supreme Court, you think of, um, you know, hearings and you know, being questioned, you know, more more of a nominated and then appointed, I guess right. is that the right terminology. But here in the state, you have to run for the office. People have to vote for you. So it's a little it's a little different. Um, how do you balance that? Because here, here you are, you need to tell people the kind of person you are and what, how you see the world. And But at the same time, uh, you don't need to get too far ahead of yourself and, and speak uh, to too much of your, I would imagine, your personal beliefs because people would think, oh, he's just going to bring his personal beliefs you know, right into the, uh, you know, right into his decision making. Uh, that's it's got to be a weird balance. It is weird balance, and and there are there are canons of judicial ethics, and the canons say that you're supposed to number one keep judicial decorum in the race, and there are other canons about uh, not saying things that that would essentially prejudge cases, and so those are important principles for me to remember. And frankly, I don't want to say something that would prevent me from hearing a case someday. Right. Uh, that's not fair. The people of Alabama are going to elect me to this position, and they deserve to have me decide the cases. And if I go and, and declare something while while I'm uh, in the midst of a campaign that prevents me from, from being able to rule on those cases, I, I've deprived the people of, of the vote that they're entitled to. So it's a, it's a very thin line to walk because it's a political office. I've got to get I've got to get 50.1% of the vote. And, you know, that that's you know, and I've got to convince people that I've got their yeah. values. And that's a very difficult line to walk. Um, I can tell people, look at my history. Uh, and I think that's fair to do. I've been a Republican my whole career. I've been volunteering for the party for 30 years. It's not something you do unless you deeply believe in that. Uh, I've, like I say, I've been over at Dawson for uh, 30 years. Been I'm a deacon there. I've been teaching youth Sunday school since 94. Uh, you know, look at my life and look at the values that I I hold dear. Um, I've been a youth. I've been a Boy Scout volunteer since 1987. Uh, both of my sons are mm-hmm. Eagle Scouts. I'm a vice president in the Greater Alabama Boy Scout Council. So, look at my history. I think is the best thing I can say to see the values that I bring. And then, um, if you want to know my judicial philosophy, yeah, let's get into that. Let's take yep. a break. When we come yep. back, we'll talk about uh, strict constitutionalism. Yep. And I'll let you break that down for me. Way over my head, but I'm going to let you break it down for the listeners. All right. Uh, we're visiting with Greg Cook. He'll be on the statewide ballot May 24th in the Republican primary for Supreme Court Justice. All right. We'll be right back on the other side. Stay with us. Fox Mortgage, NMLS, 184762. Jim Corey, NMLS, 212-055. I just wanted to talk about my experience with Fox Mortgage. Cordarius Witherspoon is another very happy Fox Mortgage customer. They were able to get us refinanced. We saved about 1.8% on our interest rate, and that saved us thousands of dollars on our monthly mortgage payment. We were able to also do a cash payout on our mortgage with that refinance, and we were able to pay off a lot of debt, so it was 
great for us. If you're looking to refinance your mortgage, I would highly recommend Fox Mortgage. The people over there at Fox Mortgage, Jody, Dawson, Melody, all of them were persistent in getting the rate that I needed, and they were really helpful. Hi, I'm Jim Corey, president of Fox Mortgage. I'm ready to help you with your mortgage needs. Call now, 661-6868. Fox Mortgage, where we're quick as a fox. Jim Corey and his staff, they've been helping Crawford Broadcasting listeners with their mortgage needs since 1992. That's Integra and Experience, and they're ready to help you with your mortgage needs now as well. Call them from anywhere across Alabama, 205-661-6868, 205-661-6868. That's Fox Mortgage, weather quick as a fox. This is Jeff Myers from Summit Ministries, and you are listening to Greg Davis, Priority Radio. And we're back in, and uh, we've got Greg Cook in studio with us, and uh, he is a candidate for Associate Justice of the Alabama Supreme Court. Is that, the, is that right? That's the right name. I said yeah. it right. Place okay. five. <laughs> Place five. And uh, this is the, uh, this, uh, the, the seat. I don't know if you call it seat. Is that the right thing it to call it? It is the right it? name. The seat. Yep. I'm, I'm trying to say things correct, all right, of uh, Justice Mike Bolin, who is retiring. That's right. So this is an open seat. It is. Justice Bolin's a friend. As you probably know, he was the probate judge here in Jefferson County, and I've known him since the 90s. Yeah. Uh, he was also our Republican Party chair here in Jefferson County. He is uh, a true believer in Republican uh, ideals. And uh, so Justice Bolin has to retire. The Constitution says you can't start a new term as a judge or a justice once you're 70. And Justice Bolin, I believe, is 73. Um Frankly, he'd rather stay on the court. Um, He's doing a fine job, Um, but I can't I can't fix that. The Constitution says what it says. So uh, he is going to retire. And uh, like I said, he is a close friend. He's also probate judges run the elections in every county. Probate judges, circuit clerks and sheriffs, Mm -hmm. but really the probate judges. And so he's the person on the Supreme Court right now that knows the most about election law. And he's retiring. So I think it's really important that we replace him with someone who who knows election law really well, cares about election law really well, and will enforce our election laws according to the the rule of law. And that's who I am, Greg. Well, and we found out how important that was uh, during this last election cycle. (laughs) Yes, we Uh, did. Very important that we have um, people that will uh, go by the law. And, uh, and and run our uh, that our elections uh, say stay in the state and handled by the state, not federalized, and so that's a whole issue. Um, and we're going to have a new Secretary of State as well. We will. So that that's a whole other uh, you know piece of that pie as well. You're going to have someone brand new in that position. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or not of the people that are uh, vying for that position. Well, it's, have you it's, worked with it's any a of them? Fundamental. Point of running for office is you don't yeah. declare that you're in favor of somebody else. Yeah. But I believe it's important that we have a Secretary of State who who understands how elections run. 
I also think it's important that we have someone that will apply the law and, and enforce it. And, um, you know, it's it's a big job. And anybody that tells you that running elections is easy is, is not telling the truth. Uh, election day is chaos. Um, and uh, the the lead up to election day is chaos. I don't know if you saw the lines out in front of the Jefferson County Courthouse last election. Oh, yeah. uh, people were coming to vote absentee and we had essentially no excuse absentee voting. Uh, not a Officially, but unofficially. And so people would line up for hours outside the Jefferson County Courthouse uh, because I guess they were afraid of COVID. Um, and it, it was it. it I, it, it, and the process was not ready. It was not prepared for having yeah. uh, that many absentee votes. And uh, we went up by uh, many, many times the normal absentee votes. And, and absentee votes are the place where you, you have the most potential for fraud and abuse. Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, we've got a phone call here, Jason. Let's check that and see who we've got, and we'll try to get to that question. And I didn't want to open up because I do want to get into uh, – uh, you describe yourself as a strict constitutionalist. Yes. And uh, we were, were a little binded on time this time because we got a hard break at the bottom of the hour. So I want to open up that uh, after the bottom of the hour so you can have a little bit more time to talk yeah, about that philosophy a little bit. Let's get here to uh, Geraldine, Alabama, and uh, Dan is with us. Go right ahead, Dan. We got you. Yes, sir. I've got more of a comment than a, a question. Uh, what I want in my Supreme Court is somebody that will interpret the laws and not try to make them, that will be able to, to answer the question of these uh, executive orders on whichever side they are, and be able to limit these bureaucrats that have told us what to do every step during this COVID situation. And if the laws are not right, to go ahead and change those laws through the legislator and not the judges. That's what we're looking for out here. Well, I agree with you entirely. Uh, it's very important that judges understand their role, and their role is to rule on the rule of law and not legislate from the bench. And I can guarantee you that's what you will get from me. Um, and I will also tell you that um, that if if someone if the le- if the governor's office, for instance. Uh, tries to enforce an, an executive order or uh, that they're not entitled to have written it beyond their authority, then we'll strike it down. Um, but again, my job is to follow the rule of law and not to make it. Even if I don't like the result, uh, yes, I, I will take an oath to follow the law. That's what we're looking for out here, and we appreciate that. That's what we need to hear. Somebody that's either side to interpret the law. And if the law is wrong, let the legislator change it. Thank yeah. you, sir. And I'm just going to sit back and listen. All Thank right. You. Thank you, Dan. We appreciate it. Thank you, Geraldine, Alabama. Good to hear from you. All right. Greg Cook, he'll be on everyone's ballot May 24th if you're voting in the Republican primary. He'll be on it. Uh, for Associate Justice of the Alabama Supreme Court. Uh, we'll get into some of that strict constitutionalism, some of that philosophy. Also, I, I do want to get your thoughts on the Dobbs case and yes. the, the big abortion issue. I say Dobbs, a lot of people don't know what that means. Uh, the big abortion issue that's happening and the leak and all that, I, I'll yep. ask some of your thoughts on that as well uh, before we get out of here today. 205-941-1011. It's Priority Talk Live. Greg Davis here with you. Give us a call if you got a question for Mr. Cook. He's glad to answer it. Stay with us. Hey, Priority Talk listeners, Greg Davis here, and I want to tell you about the newest sponsor to the show, and that's Pesty.com. Pesty.com is pest control just done better. Pesty.com uses pro-grade formulas to defend your home against all kinds of pests 
and it's delivered directly to your door. It's easy to use and safe for the kids and pets. And at one quarter of the cost of traditional pest control companies, it's a no-brainer. Pesty.com is backed by 100% satisfaction guarantee. That means if you're not satisfied, they'll refund your money 100%. So check them out at Pesty.com. That's P-E-S-T-I-E.com. And protect your home or business this season. Make sure you use the promo code GREG at checkout. That's Pesty.com and use the promo code G-R-E-G at checkout to save 10% off your order. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... We're back in, and uh, we're glad to be with you here. Greg Cook in studio with us. Before we continue our conversation, uh, let's visit with Mr. Jim Corey at Fox Mortgage. Uh, Jim, tell us about it. Um, I know the interest rates went up just a little bit today. You may want to mention something about that. I know you want to talk about new construction as well. Absolutely, Greg. I'm telling folks that, uh, that you're buying a new home, and it's being built, and you got a builder that refers you to a, uh, they call it the preferred lender and gives you a little bit of a discount or some money off. Uh, that may be your preferred lender. And I just want to say, uh, in uh, Huntsville area, we have four loans right now going with preferred uh, or with builders that the people left their preferred lenders, came over to us, were saving one of them, said, you're saving me $3,000 over the discount that I was getting back from the builder. So give us a check out there. That lender's preferred lender may not be your preferred lender. We'd like to be your preferred lenders and save you some money. Choose your own preferred lenders, what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. got uh, a lot of new construction going on in Huntsville. And like I said, we've got uh, four loans going up there right now. And those folks have all made the switch. And we're, we're just glad to be able to help them save money. So give us a call and maybe we'll do the same for you. Yeah, 205-661-6868, Fox Mortgage and Jim Corey. They are, Jim, tell us. Quick as a fox. You got it. All right, Jim. Thank you, man. Have a great day, my friend. You too. 205-661-6868. That's Fox Mortgage. And uh, guy knows knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. All right. Uh, Greg Cook here with us. He's uh, be on the statewide ballot. If you're just joining us here after 530 for Associate Justice on the Alabama Supreme Court, uh, he says he is uh, boring and predictable. Yep. Which... Uh, you say is perfect for this job it is <laughs> it's the kind of mentality someone needs uh to do this job all right let's talk about this because um you you hear a lot of people talk about being uh you know interpreting the law not uh you know all, being a strict uh constitutionalist right that that's sort of the phrase what's what's the opposite of being a strict constitution what's the term used for a lot of that uh, legislating from the bench basically you know, progressive or you okay. believe in a living constitution is the words i've living. heard a number of times and uh, the the constitution's not going to change with me uh and you know in my mind i believe in what's called the original public meaning doctrine and what that means is you look at the words on the page you're not trying to read someone's mind about what they intended mm-hmm. you look on the words on the page and you don't look at the what the words mean today 
because if a word is changed over time and mm-hmm. our language does change over time sometimes mm-hmm. um, no one's voted on that they voted on the constitution when it got passed they voted on a law that got passed they didn't vote when the words changed so you go back to look and see what the words meant back then and so you look at the the federalist papers to help you understand what the words meant when the constitution was passed you might look at some dictionaries that come from that time you look at other documents to understand what the words meant when the law was passed democratically because that's the process Uh, i'm running for office but i'm not running to be a legislator i'm running to be a judge i have a role and my role is not to to impose my personal beliefs my role is to follow the democratically enacted laws and constitution i kind of come at this from a you know my background's ministry preaching Mm -hmm. pastor Mm -hmm. that kind of role that you sort of do the same thing when you interpret scripture you do You, you have to go back and know what the word originally meant you can't use what the word means now necessarily now we we have translations that try to update the language but even those lag behind and uh and most people don't aren't using the most recent translation anyway but words change you know if you go back and read uh say if you go back and read a translation of an old king james well most people that we can't even read it it's so difficult to to read it's been and and that's why when you're in divinity school you take Greek. You learn Greek. You learn and Hebrew. You take Hebrew. Yes. And so you Aramaic. So you can understand what the words meant back then. You don't just take the translation of it. You want to see uh, so you can read it yourself and understand what the words meant. And that's what a judge is supposed to do. They're not supposed to just take the fact that there have been prior cases and precedent. Obviously, they're entitled to wait. But the text is what is dispositive. That's what you decide on as a text. So you also have to understand what the words meant, but I guess even is there also the context of yes. of, of the of the day in which it was written? Just yeah, the words or right. the context? No, you look at you look at the words. You have to look at the context to understand what the words meant at that time. Uh, and in, you, have to, in, look, in you have to look at the context of the document as well. You're not supposed to pull words out of context. You're supposed to look at holistically what does right. it mean within the context of that document and in that culture. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so a strict constitutionalist. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't even know if you'd be willing to say this or not. Uh, among our Supreme Court justices at this point, which we're hearing all their names all the time on TV, who among them do you considered to be strict constitutionalists. Can you say that? Is that? Can you know that? Well, I mean, I, I'll say that... that and you knew that I wanted, Justice Gorsuch. I did know Justice Gorsuch. Uh, I would say Justice Gorsuch is one of those people that particularly relies upon the text, the words on the page. Now, I'll say that Justice Gorsuch and I don't always agree. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a decision came out, I think, two years ago on the meaning of, of uh, the sexual discrimination law, and, and, and I disagreed with his understanding of the words. I think he was just wrong. Uh, but um, I, I believe, because I know him, that he had a good intent in trying to come to his understanding of what those words meant. He's just wrong. And, and I know a lot of people, a lot of academic criticism of originalism, of textualism, uh, is that, oh, well, sometimes there are areas of gray and sometimes people might, you know, inadvertently uh, add their own subjective understanding. And, and I can't tell you that everybody has pure intent and pure motive when they're interpreting the law. And I can't tell you that there's not always some grace someplace. But I can tell you just because there's no, that nothing's ever perfect, that doesn't mean that's not how you're supposed to do it. Because I think you're going to get the right answer 99% of the time if you're looking at the text and trying to understand what those words meant 
at the time they were enacted. Hmm. Tell people the process, because um, we see the Supreme Court of the United States, and they rule on all these big cases and stuff, but um, uh, the role of the Alabama Supreme Court. Uh, you, you mentioned, you touched on it earlier, mm-hmm. but tell people, I, I think this is educational, because uh, I don't think people understand. I'm not sure I fully understand it all. I know I don't. Uh, the role of the Alabama Supreme Court, because it, it is a it is a final word. It is. But not necessarily, right? It depends on what you're construing. So if yes. you're construing a state law, the state Supreme Court is supposed to be the last word because they're the highest court of A state Alabama. law, as in a law passed by our, our state legislature, legislature and signed mm-hmm. by our governor. Yep. Then the Alabama Supreme Court becomes the final Final word about final what word of that. that law means. Now, obviously, uh, if if there, there can be an argument, well, that law is unconstitutional under the Alabama st- Constitution. Again, they're the final word on what the Alabama Constitution means as well. Somebody could then say, well, it's unconstitutional under the federal Constitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they they can opine on what the meaning of the federal Constitution is. They can rule upon the meaning of the federal Constitution, but someone can then seek certiorari, seek review at the U.S. Supreme Court and say, well, no, the Alabama Supreme Court's wrong on this. Hmm. Uh, there's also a review for certain criminal cases uh, through what's called habeas corpus. Yes. And so um, after the Alabama Supreme Court's ruled on something and it's final, for instance, a criminal case, um, someone could then say, go to the federal court system and start essentially over with and say, well, look, the state has got this wrong. Their conviction of me is unconstitutional. So I want you, federal court, to let me go, essentially. Uh, and then that can move up the federal court systems all the way up. Now, that's usually the federal courts don't listen to those. Um, but occasionally you'll see the federal courts say, well, that, that what, what happened there was unconstitutional. OK, that's very helpful because I think it is confusing to people, just the average person that doesn't have any training in law and uh, thankfully, maybe doesn't spend any time in a courtroom or, yep. or dealing with a lot of lawyers. You know what I mean? That, and that's that's typically that means things are going well for you. Yep. If uh, if you're not having to uh, deal with lawyers a whole lot, especially in, in courtrooms, uh, maybe for closings or real estate, maybe that can be good. Uh, but but very interesting. Um, let's get your thoughts on on the Dobbs case. We we mm-hmm. dangled that out there a little bit, and and the leak, and uh, and and and. Just, I mean, everybody's seeing it in the news. We've been, we've talked about it. Um, how shocked were you to see that this has leaked out? So I had two very strong reactions to that. The, the first is just a praise. I mean, the the possibility that we might actually overrule overrule Roe versus Wade is something that uh, a lot of us have prayed for for decades, um, and it's a decision that has really has. Um, uh, has created controversy for 50 years. It's it, And it's one of those decisions that I think the Supreme Court needs to look at and say, you know, we were wrong. And, and, you know, oftentimes what you'll see, the Supreme Court will decide something and then kind of a consensus will develop in the public accepting what the court has done. Um, this has not happened. Has happened the exact yeah. opposite has ha- happened. And so uh, that should be a, a huge red flag to the U.S. Supreme Court that they got it wrong in Roe. So so huge praise. Um, but I will say it's not done. Uh, you know, that's a draft opinion. Sure. It's a draft opinion from February. Uh, there is no guarantee that those justices have stuck to their votes or that the wording of that opinion has stayed the same. That's a 78 page opinion. Um, I can guarantee you that at least some of the words have yeah. changed. Heck, the 
they, those justices debate footnotes. I wrote a whole law review article in law school on a footnote that Justice Scalia wrote. Huh. Um, so, so it's 78 pages. There are going to be a lot of changes. Well, I just pray that they stick to the bottom line that Roe versus Wade is overruled. So that's my first reaction is, is a praise. And, and, then, and, and in connection with that, I would say we all need to be praying. You know, we need to be praying that that those judges justices stick to uh, that initial opinion. Um, Would it be uncommon or, or out of ordinary for there to be all sorts of opinions being written on both sides? I mean, uh, maybe there's one of the other justices that's writing an opinion that's upholding it. Um, even just in case the vote does, I mean, would they write all sides of it before they finally go, okay, no, this is the one, and now let's make our final changes or so not? Or they, the fact that he's actually writing that, that tells you a lot. That tells you a lot. That tells you that the initial vote in yeah. the conference, that's when the justices get together in private and go over the what what they believe is the right result. They will take a vote around the table. Um, and so that this is an initial vote, and then at that point, uh, if the chief Chief Justice is, is in the majority. He assigns the opinion to somebody. Otherwise, the senior justice, the one who's the, got the most seniority on the court, assigns the opinion to one of the justices. And they write an initial draft. It gets circulated. And then sometimes you will see concurrences that say, well, I agree with section one of the opinion, but not section two. Or I don't agree with footnote four. Uh, you will see dissents that say, I disagree entirely with this result. Or I dissent to part of it and concur with part of it. Um, and then you will also see see on rare occasions, not too common, that they have an initial opinion, it was the majority, and then somebody changes their vote. And so the majority opinion turns into a dissent, and the mm -hmm. dissent turns into the majority. Okay. That's what we really need to be praying about, yeah. is that doesn't happen. That's what happen. I've been thinking. That, that's yeah. been my, not my fear, but that's been what I've sort of uh, contemplated being possible. And of course, uh, tomorrow being the National Day of Prayer, great day to great day to time. be praying we about this. We always are praying for this, but a great day to do so. Now, in Alabama, we have a, a law. It's just not being uh, used, enforced, right. um, because it's been on Judge Myron Thompson's desk all this time. So it's the Alabama Human Life Protection Act, and it is the strictest in the country. It literally is. You don't hear anybody talking about it on the national news because they're all caught up on Mississippi and Texas and yep. some of this more current but uh, this has been uh, sitting there for a couple of years, several years now, on his desk, and that will become the law of Alabama. Am I correct? Uh, well, that that is a past law, uh, and it, I, I do believe. And I, I haven't gone and checked the, the court record. I believe there's a preliminary injunction in place is in there? that case, okay. and and so he's not ruled on the case, but he's preliminarily enjoined sure, it because so, it's not being used. It's, it's not being it's enforced. Not being enforced. Uh, so yes, uh, assuming he lifts the preliminary injunction, um, then that law would become effective in Alabama. I'm, I'm, not, and sure might, he, I'm might, not sure he would. And well, it might come before me at that point. That's because, what I was getting at. You know, uh, at that point, there would be an argument made that that law is unconstitutional under the Alabama Constitution. And so I really should not comment yeah. on that yeah. uh, and, and won't comment on that. Um, I will tell you, going backwards a little bit, I, I am very outraged by this leak. Uh, this is a naked effort to influence and intimidate the justices. And I, I'm offended by this. And it's clearly a breach of the ethics of whoever did this. And, you know, most of these clerks, almost all of them are already lawyers. They've passed the bar. They need to be disbarred permanently. 
Um, they need to be fired, uh, and if possible, uh, they need to be criminally prosecuted. I mean, I was in the Air Force. I had a top-secret security clearance. If I had leaked something, um, they would put me in jail, Greg. Um, and so if we can if we can come up with a law that they violated, well, for instance, you know, the uh, appropriation of government information, it, it's a conversion. It's called conversion of uh, government information that that might be applicable. Um, I hope so. I've yeah. heard that maybe there's not a, a, a criminal law. There's not there's not a good one that fits. Yeah, that's you know, what this, I'm saying. this one I'm mentioning is yeah, maybe, uh, maybe. Round, square peg round <laughs> hole. But if it's possible, we need to persecute prosecute this person uh, because, you know, this is this is to. This is something meant to intimidate the members of the court. And number two, it's going to destroy the collegiality on the court. You know, these justices need the ability to talk to each other and work out their opinions. And just because someone's written something as a draft doesn't mean that they're done thinking about it. You know, this is a 78-page opinion. You know, Justice Alito, who wrote it, it's, 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 it's well done. Still, you got to think. Well, did I go too far in this sentence? Is this is this is, when I write this? You know that people parse these Supreme Court opinions line by line, word by word, and you got to be very careful writing it about the impact on other issues. Yeah. And so, because of that, um, I think it's very important that you have the ability to have a free discussion within the court before the opinion is issued. And this this is just this is just terrible. And I I, uh, I certainly hope that they find whoever's responsible so we can restore confidence within that court. Yeah. All right. All right. A few more moments on the other side. Greg Cook. Uh, running for uh, Associate Justice of the Alabama Supreme Court. When we come back on the other side, I've got one more good question for you. Good. Fantastic. It, it concerns baseball. Good. Right, we'll talk about it on the other side. Box Mortgage, NMLS, 184762. Jim Corey, NMLS, 212055. Six years ago was my opportunity to get the first loan through Fox Mortgage and Jim. He was able to get me a pretty decent rate at the time. And six years later, I'm looking at a refi. Gary talks about his mortgage experience working with Fox Mortgage president, Jim Corey. I was actually with a military-friendly banking institution and was going with them initially. And then I had an issue with trying to track down a VA certificate of eligibility. And I called Jim's office. When I asked him the question, he says, well, any reason you're not going with me again? So I said, well, I, I thought I got the best rate. And he says, well, let me let me check. So he, he checked and he actually beat the rate that I was currently thinking that it couldn't be beat. So he's a repeat performer. Uh, he's phenomenal in everything he does. He keeps the ball rolling. I can't say enough about how pleasant the experience was. He made everything easy. We went through and closed in less than 30 days. Hi, I'm Jim Corey, president of Fox Mortgage. I'm ready to help you with your mortgage needs. Call now, 661-6868. Fox Mortgage, where we're quick as a fox. Fox Mortgage and President Jim Corey, they create lasting relationships with their clients. Young adults call on Jim for their mortgage needs because their parents enjoyed an excellent mortgage experience maybe years ago. Put Fox Mortgage to work for you. Call Jim and his team at 205-661-6868. They're quick as a fox. Call them at 205-661-6868. Hey, this is Ron Moore. You're listening to Greg Davis with Priority Talk. What color is dignity? What color is you so ever? What color is integrity? What color is love? 
Okay, we're back in. Just a few more moments left here with uh, Greg Cook, uh, candidate for associate justice. He'll be on the Republican primary ballot statewide. So anywhere you're listening to us uh, he, in, in the state of Alabama, he will be on your ballot, Greg Cook. All right, we, we got to talk baseball. Absolutely. Because you've got a big theme going to baseball here in your I campaign. Do, I so do. tell us about it. People see the, the TV commercial. Yep. I see you're, you know, you, you're, you got pictures and things like that as well. What, tell us, how, what's the baseball tie-in? Well, when you're on the court, you're supposed to be an umpire. Uh, and umpires are not supposed to care who wins. And the umpires are not supposed to make the rules. The umpires are supposed to apply the rules. And I, I tried to think, what can I illustrate to people to help them understand the role of a judge? And everybody has a role in the courtroom. Um, you know, judges have a role. Uh, prosecutors have a role. Defense lawyers have a role. And everybody needs to stay in their role. So as an example, uh, you know, these woke DAs in California and New York, they're not playing their role. you got a role that's there for a purpose. The, ju- the just- judges and justices across the country who are, who are imposing their own viewpoints of things and evolving the law, that's not their role. They have a role to play. Empires play a role, and I intend to play that role and not get outside of my role, and that's what I'm going to take an oath to do. Greg. All right. So uh, you're, the, you're the baseball guy, the commercials. Yes, I am. They're out there. And you got you got some running. Not as many as some of the other uh, Senate and governor and all that. It costs it's a not, lot it, of it's money. It's not as frequent, and, but, but and I've and seen I, you. Know, that's right. And, and uh, you know, I've told that there's 30 or $40 million in ads. And those, if you add the governor's race and the Senate race together, and, and there's no way that people are going to get that excited about the Supreme Court race to, to give me that kind of money. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so my ads are not going to be as prominent as those yeah. ads, but yeah. I'm, I'm very happy that I uh, that enough people have believed in me that I've been able to put up some ads. I've, I've been endorsed by a number of groups. Uh, we discussed already Alpha, yeah. Forestry, Trucking, Home Builders, a number of groups. Uh, like I've said, I've been to 67 counties. Uh, there have been a few polls. Uh, I'm, I'm ahead in those polls. So I'm feeling pretty good about my race um and i'm working really hard greg yeah well i don't know how it will come out but uh if you do prevail i'm i'm gonna feel good about it well thank you very much i I promise you you will be proud of me on the court yeah it's a cook c-o-o-k cook for court.com that's right and i like to tell people i've got three things to remember about me number one i'm boring and predictable, meaning I follow the rule of law. And number two, I know election law because I've been doing it as a volunteer for 30 years. And number three, I'm qualified. As we talked about, I am a nerd, which means I will get the answer right. (laughs) Thank you, Greg. Well, thank you for being here. And uh, we do appreciate it. And uh, good to have a new friend. Nice, Nice to know you, my friend. Uh, Hey, tomorrow, folks, listen in. Now, Tim James will be here during the first hour. Of course, he'll be statewide on the ballot as well, May 24th on the Republican primary for governor. So Tim James back with us tomorrow. And then second hour, Brandy Swindell is in town. She's the founder and CEO of Stanton Healthcare, an advocate for human rights, equality, justice, and life. And uh, she can bring to us the healthcare side of uh, this pro-life uh, movement that we have upon us. She's in town speaking at some events. I'll be speaking with her Friday morning as well. Brandy Swindell uh, with Stanton Healthcare will be here during the second hour. All right, folks, check out the podcast, Priority Talk Radio and Greg Davis Conversations. And uh, we will be back with you on Thursday right at 4 o'clock. Be here with us.